Boker Tov and good morning. Welcome back to 10 Minutes of Meaning, Mesilas Yesharim. The Ramchar of Moshe Chaim Lutzato continues to chart for us the path, the course, the formula for how to live our best selves, how to live our best lives, how to realize our greatest potential, how to become who uh, we're meant to be. I think we're having some technical issues getting started here online. Bear with me one moment. Okay. I think we are live. I want to thank our generous sponsors for the year, dear friends, Hani and Lenny Grunstein, in memory of Hani's father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aaron Ben Yitzchak, whose Nishamba should have an Aliyah. We have been making our way through the Mesila Sesharim, and we've been trying to conquer these character traits, these attributes, one by one to grow in these ways. First, Zahirus, to live a life of mindfulness, conscientiousness, caution, to think about what we say and what we do. How will it be received? What impact will it have? What will the consequence be? Not just to act from the gut. The animal, the animal acts on instinct and impulse. The human being, what makes us a unique Tzalem Elohim is our capacity to be in control, to be disciplined, to be dignified, to be thoughtful in all that we do. And then we move to Zerizos, alacrity, zeal, to move with enthusiasm and with energy. And then Nikias, one by one, we've been going through different attributes and qualities that we want to purge, not even be tempted by, not even be drawn to, not even have an appetite for. And we spent the last couple of weeks, the Ramchal has been talking about the Mida, the character trait of Gaiva, of arrogance. And he's described different types of arrogant people, the overtly in-your-face, loudmouth, narcissistic, egomaniac, arrogant person, there's the quiet, there's the, you know, I'm so smart and I'm so good and I'm so much better than anyone, I don't even need to say anything. There's the person who's arrogant about how humble they are. There are no shortage of ways that a person could display that sense of arrogance, but what they all have in common is the person who feels that whatever gifts or talents they have, they're permanent, they're not on loan from Hashem. The arrogant person takes responsibility or is inflated with pride in what they've accomplished or who they are, not realizing that it's really only because of the graciousness of Hashem above. So these arrogant people who carry themselves and display themselves as if they're humble, uh, it doesn't work to reduce the obstacles that are in front of them because without their knowledge, their arrogance is exposed like the flame that flares up among the coals. In other words, the person who retreats to the corner or sits quietly or pretends as if they're so humble, no, 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 don't honor me at the dinner. No, 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 don't give me mafter yona. No, 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 I don't need mention. No, no, no. They act as if they're so humble but that person who really their humility is driven by arrogance, they want to be the best humble person there is. They want to be that everyone is praising them and talking about their humility. So the person whose humility is driven by arrogance, like the ember in the coal that ultimately will flare, that arrogance, that ego, that quest for honor will flare. <laughs> It's comparable to a house filled with straw, and the house has holes in it, and the straw falls into the holes. So what happens is, eventually, the straw begins to poke out, fall out of the holes, and everybody realizes that the house is made of straw. The person who seems or tries or carries themselves as if they're humble, but again, the humility is driven by, by an arrogance, a superiority, that person can't help it. Eventually, they're going to lash out. 
eventually they're going to criticize. Eventually they're going to conduct themselves in a way where it's clear just how arrogant they are. It is a modesty that's flawed. It is a humility that is delusory. It's delusional. There's a person who has a false or fake sense of humility. It's not genuine. It's an act. It's a demonstration. It's a display, but it doesn't come from someplace real. And then we have another category of arrogant people. Whose arrogance is buried in their hearts. In other words, they're working on themselves. So such an arrogant person who doesn't demand attention and doesn't demand honor and doesn't demand power, they're able to suppress their sense of superiority, but really in their heart, they can't help but look around and feel smarter, better looking, more athletic, more artistic, more accomplished. They know they're smart. And there are people like that. They know they have an amazing memory. They got a perfect score on their MCAT or their LSAT. You have people who have able to uh, read the algorithms, predict the market. They make millions or billions of dollars. They are undeniably smart. They are in the top whatever percentage of people of an IQ, a memory. They have that. They don't pay attention to what other people say. So such a person who in fact is not the loudest in the room, doesn't demand the most attention, isn't the most superior, but yet thinks of themselves always as the smartest in the room, such a person never learns or listens to anyone. Because if it's clear to them, then their clarity is more authoritative than anyone else's point of view. And if it's not clear to them, then what are the odds that anyone else has anything to offer to offer clarity? They never listen to, they never consider, they never weigh the opinion of another because, hey, I'm smarter. I have a better memory. I'm more accomplished. I got a better score. I make more money. So who has anything to add or offer to me? This is a terrible, fatal flaw. Rabbeinu Yonah writes in Ashare Tshuva that the prerequisite to Tshuva were just a few days before Rosh Hashanah, in the last days of Elul. Rabbeinu Yonah says the prerequisite to Tshuva is the ability to listen. The ability to listen. If your spouse, if your Rebbe, if your colleague, if your friend, give you feedback and say, look, I know you're well-intentioned, I know you're a good person, but I need you to know how you're being perceived in this area. Or I need you to consider that maybe you need to be more punctual or consider people's times. Maybe it's time to take your health and wellness a little bit more seriously. Maybe have a chavrusa. Maybe it's time to grow in learning. But if you're a person who's got a force field around you, you have a shield around you, not because you're arrogant in the way that you are, um, you are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You're condescending towards others. But you're arrogant in the way that you simply think, I'm smarter than others. Why do I need to listen? Why do I need to consider? Why do I need to entertain the opinion of others? What do they have to offer me? Everybody knows I'm smarter. Such a person never listens. They shut down. They've got this wall, this force field. And when you're unable to listen, then you're unable to learn. It's amazing because we all know that a Chachamim, Chazal, and Perkeyavos, they consider who's the smartest person in the room, not the one with the highest IQ, not the one with the best memory, not the one who killed it on the LSAT or the MCAT, not the one who knows Shas Bapeh. Who is the smartest person in the room? The one who learns from everybody else. That's the smartest person. Who is the smartest person in the room? When you're able to listen, seek advice, gain wisdom. 
when other people's constructive criticism can penetrate and you say, I can gain from it. I want to glean from it. But a person who's shut down, who's closed down, a person who's got a wall, a person who says that almost they don't even realize it's coming from arrogance because they say, look, I'm smarter. What do I have to learn? What do I have to listen? Such a person can never grow. Rabbeinu Yonah says they're doomed. Such a person is doomed because they can never grow. They can never repair. They can never improve because they can never listen. All of these are outgrowths of a form of pride that totally distorts the wisdom of our sages. It takes away the hearts of the wise. Even the students whose training is still incomplete and whose eyes have barely opened consider themselves equal to the greatest of sages. The haughty of heart are an abomination to Hashem. This is a very important paragraph. It's a very important insight of the Ramchal. The Ramchal is saying we're seeing in our generation. What does he say? You have novices, you have beginners, you have barely literate people on any subject, and they think that they have as much a right to an opinion, that their opinion is as much authoritative, is as legitimate as real experts, as real experts. Now, the information age in which we live, the access to the internet age in which we live, is filled with tremendous blessing. Access to, to wisdom and to teachings and to knowledge it's, a, it's incredible. But the problem is that anybody with an internet connection and a keyboard can also pose as if they're an expert. And so you have, whether it's on halachic topics, hashkafic topics, totally secular topics, anyone with a keyboard and an internet connection can write a blog post, can post an article, can post on social media. And to the unsophisticated consumer of information who is simply consuming what's available on the internet, there's no distinction between somebody who has a peer review, between somebody who has credentials and credibility, between somebody who has years of experience and wisdom, and to the person who's pontificating, who's shooting from the hip, who's speaking from the boich. This is a plague in our generation. Of Talmidim Shloshimshu Kotzarcham. You have barely literate people weighing in on Dvarma Omdim Olam, on issues of great import. And they're influencing people around them who don't know how to consume information in a sophisticated way. And it comes from arrogance. And that arrogance, the arrogance that says, well, Rav Asha Weiss pask in this, and Rav Schechter pask in this, and so and so pask in this. But I, who am barely sure which way to hold the Gemara upside from down, let alone can't recall one daf and shas, this is my opinion. And I'm going to write a whole post about it. I'm going to write an article about it. I'm going to weigh in with my conclusion. And I'm barely literate on any subject, let alone this one. But I'm going to present my opinion as if it is equal to those who are the experts. And that's true, as I said. It's true in the area of Torah, Halach, Ashkafa. It's true in secular knowledge and secular wisdom. Ask your doctor. It's true for your doctor. Your doctor went to medical school and did a fellowship and has 30 years of experience following. And then you Googled WebMD and you say... Uh, you sure I should take that medicine? I think I should take this one. And your doctor looks at you and says, are you, are you kidding me? You know how much money I spent on medical school? You know how much time I spent going to class? Do you know how many, my fellowship? Do you know how many years I've been, don't you think I've built an intuition through my years of working? That doesn't mean that we can't gain wisdom and have critical thinking and ask important questions. But it means that when we present ourselves as equal, because I Googled WebMD and there's my doctor with 30 years experience. And we're equal with our opinion. It's arrogance. It stems from arrogance. It's not intended arrogance. 
but it stems from arrogance to think that our opinions are equal, and such an attitude is nothing less than an abomination to Hashem, to avas Hashem, kol gvalev. So whether we're producing information or consuming information, we have to have a humility and a modesty to know what we know, and more significantly, to know what we don't know, to differentiate between experts and amateurs and novices, to have critical thinking and ask important questions and, and pose suggestions, but to understand the difference between those who are true experts who have credentials, credibility, experience, and those who are beginners. And we all need to be careful to cleanse this midah. You have to know and understand that arrogance blinds us. It blinds us. That's the problem with it. If you saw that you're arrogant, if we could step outside ourselves and realize how we look to the people around us, we would never act so arrogantly. But it blinds us. It blinds us. If we would see and recognize the truth, we turn away, we distance ourselves from these corrupt ways. We'll talk more about this, says the Ramchal, when we get to the attribute, the quality of humility. And because true humility is so difficult, and true humility is not to think of yourself less, but it's to, not to think less of yourself, but to think of yourself less. Not to think less of yourself. Know who you are, your talents, your skills, that they're from Hashem. Humility is not to think less of yourself, it's to think of yourself less, less often and less significant and less important and less deserving. But it's so hard. True anivas, true anava, true humility and modesty is so difficult that Rav Pinchas Ben Yara put it towards the end of his 12-step program. And that's why the Ramchal says, we'll come back to it later. So with that, we, we end the attribute of gaiva. So gaiva takes on many different forms. It can be overt, it can be much more subtle and nuanced, but the common denominator of it all is that it pushes and drives the people around us away. It puts a force field and a wall around us that we become incapable of listening and therefore incapable of growing and improving and repairing. We end up self-destructing and sabotaging, and it blinds us. We have no idea how we even look. So in order to be able to grow and improve and grow out of arrogance, we have to be able to step outside ourselves, to see ourselves, and to try to grow with a greater sense of humility. Mitzvah Hashem will pick up with it next time. We continue 15 minutes with Living in the Muna. Tonight, we're going behind the bima with Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yissi Kamenetsky, the Menahal of DRS old friend, mentor of mine from my teenage days of growing up, looking forward. That's at 9 o'clock tonight, and we start again 15 minutes living with Amuna.